0: Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hi, guys. Today, we're speaking with Ruth Rao. She's an architect turned the founder of Mouse Loves Pig. So after having her children, Ruth began to see toys as a design challenge and began to design toys for her kids that would have a positive impact on them and the environment.
1: Yes, Ruth tells us her process for designing the toys, finding a manufacturer, and the one piece of advice that she'd give herself or other founders starting their businesses.
0: If you want to connect with Ruth and other entrepreneurs just like her, please open your Facebook app and search for the Female Founders Network to find our group. It is an incredible place with all kinds of resources and inspiration for women. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Ruth. How are you today?
2: Hey. Hi. How are you? (laughs)
0: So good. Uh, And you're calling in from a state that's very near and dear to my heart. Do you want to let our listeners know where you are?
2: I am in Virginia in the United
0: States. Uh, Uh, Love Virginia. I spent part (laughs) of my childhood there. Um, Yeah. So were you always from there? We want to know everything about you. Tell us about your childhood. Tell us your deepest fear, your biggest whatever. (laughs) No, just tell tell us how you became the woman you are today.
2: Well, I was actually born and raised in Tennessee Mm. and came up to Virginia to go to school, met the love of my life. Mm. We got married and now have two very rambunctious little boys and we live about two hours west of Washington, D.C.
1: I'm an architect.
2: That's uh, where I got started in design um, and lost my job when I had my first baby.
1: Mm. (laughs) Because you had a a baby
2: or...
0: Just as a coincidence. That was the middle of the recession, though, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was in 2011, and basically my job dried up while I was on maternity leave. Yeah, yeah.
0: okay. It happens. It, it happens. It doesn't happen <laughs> in this country because there are protections against it, but it happens in the yeah. United States. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I
2: unexpectedly became a stay-at-home mom and yeah. discovered that I absolutely love hanging out with my kids. Aw. Um, And then my oldest son's favorite teething toy in the whole wide world was recalled for lead paint when he was a year old.
0: Oh, fantastic.
2: And I absolutely panicked Mm -hmm. (laughs) and turned all of that panic into the most um, intense Google deep dive on how in the world did this happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what is the toy industry? How are things tested? How are they made? Like, oh my gosh, how did this happen?
0: How and is it possible in whatever year <laughs> that it, what was it, like 2013? That was
2: 2012.
0: A yeah. 2012. How is that possible? How mm. did they not test a toy for lead? Like, how is (laughs) so what ends up
2: happening, um, depending on who makes the toy and where it's made and and all of that, um, Mm -hmm. and what the company policies are? Um, a spec can be written for a toy, which as an architect, I was very familiar with specifications. And you know, we write these giant books full of them for a building. Mm -hmm. And I was learning in my deep dive that toy makers, toy designers can do the same thing like, here are all my specifications for the toy. And it can get missed if a color is specified, but maybe the lead content in the paint. And there are are regulations, there are rules about it, but sometimes things fall through the cracks and then they don't get caught until something happens, until a child comes up with lead poisoning or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of toy recalls in in the United States. And I know in Australia too, y'all have them. There are recall protocols in place so Mm -hmm. that, you know, a manufacturer like me, if I realize, Oh no, this thing that we thought was safe really isn't safe. We can recall those toys and and bring them back and give people refunds and make sure that things are safe. Um, Yeah. So toy, toy recalls and manufacturing mistakes happen no matter how careful the business is, no matter how careful the company is, they can happen just because Mm. at the end of the day, people are involved in the process and Mm. people make mistakes. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, So.
2: Yeah. I also learned that the manufacturing industry worldwide is kind of a murky place. Right, yes. not a lot of transparency.
1: Yes. and that, as a parent, that
2: really
0: bothered me.
1: And is that because businesses try to keep, like, trade secrets and try to keep their manufacturing relationships under wraps wrap, so that other people don't come and just, you know, build relationships and release products? Or why do you think it is Wait, so Yeah, murky? what's your
0: opinion on this?
2: Well, I would love to believe that it is all about trade secrets and that it is all about um, intellectual property mm-hmm. and the protection of it. Personally, I think a bigger reason is because the labor market is a really ugly place worldwide, and nobody wants to admit that their toys are not being made in a way that's friendly. Yeah, nobody wants (laughs) to admit. That's my honest opinion. (laughs) Yeah,
0: American parents don't want to know or, you know, don't know a lot of times that their toys are being made by, you know, exploited workers or child workers. You know, and we just don't, it's a really sad thing, actually. There's so much, there's so yeah. much exploitation.
2: Yeah. It just worldwide, the manufacturing industry as a whole, not just toys, but across the board,
0: mm. it's
2: a very murky place. Yeah. And so that's part of why, as an architect, I was like, you know what? I'm a designer by trade. Mm-hmm. I was trained and I have learned how to climb inside a client's head and figure out what they're really asking for and what they really need and then design something amazing for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I'm going to make kids my clients. Aww. And so I started designing for my own kids and started making some toys. Uh, I've, I've been a sewist since I was 12 years old. I uh, still have the same sewing machine that I bought when I was 18. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> and so I started prototyping and making things for my own kids. And then people started asking, oh, my gosh, where'd you get that? That's amazing. Yeah. Where'd, you, where'd you get that toy? Um. A fun little story is that we were at a holiday party, and this was way before the pandemic. Yeah. We were at a holiday party with friends, and it was way past bedtime. Everybody else's children were absolutely melting down, running around, (laughs) or glued to the holiday movie. Mm -hmm. And my 18-month-old was quietly playing by himself under the Christmas tree, just completely entertained and I mm. had a friend that came up and grabbed my arm and she said I don't know what that is that he has I don't know how much it costs but I need three of them I
0: have <laughs> grandchildren I will pay anything take my money right
2: right and so then I realized huh maybe maybe this is a real thing maybe this is something I could do as a business and um,
1: and so what this... was it that he was playing with and what was it that you I mean, what was, was the toy yeah what what, what what was the discovery that you went on with your your kids to find out what they wanted like how did you coax that out of them
2: um mostly taking the toys that they play with here at home all the time Mm -hmm. and then figuring out how to take those with us in a way that was convenient for me and meant that my purse wasn't weighed down with 50 million matchbox cars Mm. yeah Um, because at the time my little boys were all over little die-cast cars. Yeah, um, that
0: you step on, and then it hurts the middle of your foot, and then you want to throw it at the... Oh, my God. so bad.
2: They're almost almost as bad as Legos, but not quite. (laughs) Legos are definitely the worst to step on. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So I started making it... I call them Tiny Worlds, and it's a little foldable playscape, and it has pockets for the toys that have play value to them, and it was such a simple idea just to have a surface, a little fabric play surface, and some pockets for the toys to go in and out of. And no lie, I have parents all the time that message me and say, I don't know what you put in this toy. It's magic. My child (laughs) just played with this for four hours. And the magic is that it is a jumping off point. It's not the be all and end all of play by itself. It is an invitation you know we see on pinterest and on instagram all the time people call them invitation to play and it usually involves 58 pounds of rice and and some sort of rainbow colored something and kids play with it for hours because it is sensorily so rich and it provides such a an open-ended uh, fuel for their imagination yeah and gives them permission to play any way they want to. and that's great when you're at home or when you've got a broom or a vacuum that you can clean up that 58 pounds of rice. <laughs> but when you're out and about like when you go to a party or when you're on the airplane or when you've got a road trip you don't want to take that huge setup with you everywhere. yeah, yeah. so that's kind of where I realized like th- this is this is a hole in the market. Nobody's making anything to make it easy to take this kind of play on the go. Yeah. And I didn't just want to hand over a cell phone because, you know, my kids were toddlers at the time. And we all know that the more you give kids phones and screens, the worse their behavior becomes after about the first 20 minutes. You know,
0: like yes. It's, it's almost
2: a, exponential. Yes,
0: unless they throw it out the car window and then you have to buy a $1,000. And then
1: you've lost the phone, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm relating to you so hard right now. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Te-
1: technology like that is kind of like a – it's like a bad pacifier, isn't it? It like, is. It's, it works for a short time and then – it, it just right. breeds behavioural problems. Mm. So how well,
2: and, did, and screens are mm. so fun mm. when they're used well, mm-hmm. and screens are so damaging when they're used as an electronic pacifier or babysitter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So how did you come up with the idea, obviously you had your sewing machine from when you were 18, but what was it with <laughs> fabric that obviously you mentioned the Lego and stuff, but did you always imagine it as being something that you would roll up? um and carry around or like because you've got a few different size toys on your website Mm, yeah Um, can you take us through kind of your design process with with how you got the idea for it being like that
0: yeah your products tell us tell us how how did you develop this Mm.
1: (laughs) so the tiny worlds uh they really came out of a horribly
2: embarrassing experience um (laughs) some (laughs) friends took me out, uh my my youngest had just weaned and so it was my first like I'm not breastfeeding anymore baby outing with friends. <laughs> oh did you have like and six
0: cocktails?
2: <laughs> no, I
0: had two cocktails though. There you go. good, not six. Good you. Just two. I yeah. love that. It probably felt uh, like six.
2: <laughs> it felt like way more than I probably should have had at the time. Um Funnily enough, it's walking distance from my house, so I was not at all uh, worried about that. But I went to pay, and I spilled my purse, which, of course, they all howled with laughter because, (laughs) oh, you know, you can't hold your liquor anymore after you've been breastfeeding for nearly two years. Mom's gone wild. And out of my purse (laughs) falls, no kidding, four little die-cast cars, and that was kind of when I had that light bulb moment of... I need something that I can grab and take with me and then take back out of my purse when I'm ready to be an adult without my children.
0: You know what? Um, that would have story would have even been funnier. I thought you were going to say condoms at first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, condoms and die cast cars. That would have been really funny.
2: Well, they, they live in the little pocket that zips inside. You the purse are such them. a smart
0: woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm learning so much from you. <laughs> Keep going.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I I realized it needed to be travelable. And one of the things I noticed as a designer with a lot of toys that my children were being gifted is that they were all made from one material. Mm. And that one material, nine times out of ten, was plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Or all wood. Yeah. Or all soft, Mm. and so you know, from a sensory standpoint, multiple textures creates even more input for the imagination, creates even Mm. more input for our senses, and so I wanted there to be some uh, juxtaposition between the the hard little figurines that every little kid everywhere loves to play with a figurine that they can stomp around on the table, Mm. but the juxtaposition between that and something soft to hold it. Yeah. And the fine motor skills required to use a soft, malleable product—it was, um, in a lot of ways, it effortlessly uh, increases the pincher grab strength, mm-hmm. which is something that most kids, you know, they—they they don't really like to pick things up with two fingers. They want to just—they want to just fist it and paw it. Yeah. But yeah. with the fabric, you have to use that pincher grab to manipulate it, and because they're mm-hmm. playing. They don't realize that they're learning. They don't realize that they're working. Yeah. They don't realize, "Oh, this is good for my brain development. I'm just having fun putting the car in and out of the pocket."
0: Wow. Yeah. So lots
2: of lots of design reasons for why I love fabric with the little hard toys and and it's just so fun. It's so fun to play with different textures. <laughs> yeah.
0: The other thing I really love about your products when you look at these Teeny Worlds, which was your first product, correct? hmm Yeah. I love the fact that they're not overly gendered. Like, there there are some that, okay, maybe the girls would like the Fairyland a little bit more, but maybe the—not it's not really, though. They're really for anyone. And you see toys— and it's like it's a lot of times they're overly gendered. It's like, let's make the girl version really sparkly and glittery, and let's make the boy version really you know whatever whereas your your little teeny worlds like you could shop any product for any kid
2: and that's purposeful.
0: yeah,
1: yeah
2: the gender neutrality is very purposeful. My own little boys love fairies. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: but even as, I mean, children as young as two can recognize when everything geared toward a girl is pink and purple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything geared toward a boy is red and blue. Yeah. And I didn't want that for my own kids. I wanted I wanted them to have the freedom to say, you know what? I like fairies. I'm going to play with fairies. Mm, right. And so, you know, the fairy mat, like you said, it's actually got a blue background, which is a little more appealing uh, for most little boys. Um, our car mat has that pink and yellow, and then there's another version that's that's got kind of like a green grass, um, and that's purposeful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And part of
2: it too is that our toys are really high quality; they're heirloom quality. They've yeah. got organic cotton, the heavy canvas. It's something that's going to last for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want a toy that I wouldn't be able to pass on to if I had another kid that happened to be a girl. Yes, <laughs> I want them to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was the biggest I would say it's one of the biggest changes that I've seen and the gap between my first child, which was, you know, 14 years ago. And this one um, is the the, like gender like woke companies are creating a lot more gender neutral products, Mm -hmm. realizing that some kids, some children will choose their gender later on. In life, you mm-hmm. know, and even the ones who will be gender normative, if you will, they should be able to like anything without having society kind of put the ideas on them on what they want to play with, yeah. which I exactly. think is really cool now. Whereas before it was like, OK, boy, you get sports stuff. Girl, you get glittery stuff, yeah. <laughs> Like, you know.
2: And as a woman in the architecture field. Yeah. I really want future little girls to feel like they can do whatever they want yes whatever they darn well please
0: (laughs) absolutely there is a
2: brain in your head that works just as well as the brain in anybody else's head yeah and that starts young that confidence in themselves starts young and so that's part of why most of our toys are for the early elementary school you know preschool to early elementary school kids is because those are the ages where they're starting to make decisions inside their brains about how the world works and where they fit into it Yeah. And I want some of those decisions to be, well, I can like dinosaurs if I want to.
0: Yes. I want to talk about one more thing, piggybacking (laughs) off of that thought. Okay. So as someone who's having their first girl after being a boy mom for well over a decade, I have got to just thank you for creating a Ruth Bader Ginsburg crinkle toy. <laughs> you have these crinkle toys for babies, and they're super cheeky and fun. Like one says, um, is it snack time yet? And it's got an illustration of boobies. It's so good. I was so I was so excited to have boobies on a toy. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> boobies so are like the source of life for babies, and why hasn't it taken us this long? Why has it <laughs> to, to have boobies on toys? They love boobies. <laughs> they do. Yeah. yeah.
2: And actually, I I mean we do call them baby crinkle toys. Uh, uh-huh. but part of the part of the mission behind the brand is that they are the designs are not. Um, stereotypically babyish. They were Mm. made purposefully to be something that, you know, maybe a sensory seeking child that's older or even an adult would be and would enjoy the illustrations, not just, oh, look, here's a smiling little lamb. Yeah. Yeah, I love smiling little lambs. They're adorable. But some of our customers that love the crinkles are older children sometimes even teenagers that are sensory seeking so they love that sound and they love the feel yeah but they're not babies anymore
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah so exactly good. like i could see like for autism or things like that mm-hmm. i could see this being yeah, we have like a lot a play of parents toys.
1: of special of children with special needs that yeah. love these toys too so good yeah. so, so that's brilliant yeah just let's just rewind a little bit as well to like the point when you kind of realize that this oh, could be a business and that you know I've, I've, it's honestly been amazing diving through all the products and like and everyone um, who's listening, if you head over to mouselovespig.com, com, you can check out all the products that we've been talking about and and, and have a look for yourselves but um, obviously you got you got to the place where it suddenly it became a company called Mouse Love's Pig. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us the story of how you went from the idea and the validation to choosing a company name mass producing these toys? yeah, Get, actually getting the thing made mm.
2: Oh, my goodness. Actually getting the thing made has been one of the greatest challenges of my life. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Word. It's,
2: it's right up there. I'm going to say it's right up there in mental gymnastics difficulty with having, um, giving birth at home. Like,
0: Wow. The Wait, you gave birth at home? <laughs> oh, time. my God. <laughs> I had a midwife. <laughs> I cannot. You're you're my superhero. It was this morning I wrote a post about how Michelle Obama was my superhero and I think I'm gonna have to change it to you. <laughs> oh no,
2: you can you can keep Michelle as your
0: superhero. And I'm super
2: I'm I also have curly hair, not quite as gorgeously long as hers, but she posted her her um, selfie of herself this morning and it was like oh, she's a curly girl too. Aww.
0: It's like a fangirl. I feel Could we love anyway. her anymore? I mean <laughs> but (laughs) But, okay, so not only do you have this amazing company, you gave birth at home. Okay, so let's go back. (laughs) So how did you get the thing made um, or change it from you sewing it yourself to it becoming a product with a manufacturer?
2: So we back in... I started the business as a business in 2015 and it was just kind of, you know, like an Etsy shop, like, Oh, I'll make these and I'll sell them and I'll make sure that they're safe, you know, go through all the regulatory hoops. But you know, it's just a little thing that I do on the side while I'm potty training my children, because for some reason I thought launching a business when I was potty training, my kids was a good idea. (laughs) 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 And I think every mom out there can probably be like, yeah, you didn't, you shouldn't have. Anyway. Yeah. um, so then in 2018, we had our very first five-figure month mm. and I, I nearly had calluses on my finger from the sewing and the cutting myself and my husband and I kind of looked at each other and he was like, honey, this isn't a hobby anymore. Yeah. Oh, Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's not a hobby anymore. (laughs) Um, So that's when I rebranded it from my original business name to Mouse Loves Pig. Mm -hmm. And there's a really sweet story behind the name. Um, And we just decided it's time for it to be bigger than what I can do by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we get to hear the sweet story? (laughs) (laughs) So. It's on the website. But every night at bedtime, we sing songs and have snuggles together. It's kind of our family together time. Mm -hmm. And one night, my boys asked my husband for the farmer and the dell. And I wasn't, for some reason, I wasn't there. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And he couldn't remember the words. So he made up a story about the farmer and the mouse who ate the cheese. And so the next night, boys asked for the farmer and the dell again and I started singing the words and they were like no mama the story farmer like daddy (laughs) and so we started singing the farmer and the dell with this story and every night it was a different story and they would call out you know oh have them do this have them go on a race have them build something in the barn and it turned into this family together time thing and so the mouse's name is actually mope I have no idea where the name came from but Uh they, they call him mope. And so that's the mouse and my son's, my youngest son's favorite lovey at the time was a stuffed pig. And so Mouse Loves Pig is sort of everything about family togetherness and imagination and writing your own rules for how to think and how to play. That is I so wholesome that. and cute that my heart
1: could burst. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> so, so adorable. Cute. I love that. That's mm. awesome. be
0: so clucky right now. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> have any kids yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think that was so lovely. I've, on, on your Instagram as well, it's, there's some pictures of your family all together and you're just such a gorgeous little family. It's it, it's so sweet. Mm. Thanks. We have a
2: lot
1: of fun. You can really yeah, tell so that now it's now like a Sorry. Okay, just it is a, a family
2: business. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Totally. Um, okay. So then you were like, okay, it's not a hobby anymore. Moving on to like finding a manufacturer or did you get like other people in the community to help? What, what was your strategy at that point? To um, I initiative? tried
2: at first to do local seamstresses and local sewists. And that mm. was just an absolute nightmare.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just
2: the, the logistics of it. And at the t- you know, my, I have young kids. I can't be managing. It it was just a nightmare. Yeah. 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 I couldn't be managing all the little pieces and parts. To make sure that
1: you had like a standardized quality and it was the same thing. Yeah. Right. Right. And
2: so then we started working with, I found a a company in Nicaragua, which I thought was going to be so amazing. And their quality was amazing. Um, But that was in 2018 in the fall. And I don't know if you're familiar with what was happening in that country at the time. Uh, But my contact there they literally fled the country for oh, fear wow. of their lives oh. that fall oh and so just everything with the supply chain fell apart I was like no,
0: oh, no. um
2: so, so I, they were
0: I, an I immigrant went... i'm sorry so they were an immigrant and they had to leave the country no it
2: was a, a cut and sew um a cut and sew company in nicaragua
0: oh uh, okay gotcha and gotcha so my yeah. my
2: contact there uh they were a dual citizen um gotcha. family
0: yeah yeah okay Oh, that's terrible. And so I
2: started looking again, you know, going back out, beating all the doors, asking all the questions, like, yeah. where, where can I get these things made? Um, yeah. And surprisingly, the pandemic helped me find a domestic U.S.-based manufacturer that's right up the road in Pennsylvania. Amazing. Um, and it is amazing. And their quality is great. And the price is right. And they're in my time zone. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> you know, ticks all of the, oh, my goodness, this is so so easy how could how could I not find them two years ago yeah Yeah.
1: Um, was that from like a google search then or did you then go into like recommendations from people in the industry
2: yeah it was basically um, I found phone numbers on the internet and I would call people and tell them what I needed and what I wanted and just kept knocking on doors and kept asking questions and these folks were actually a referral from a referral from some manufacturer that I found,
0: you know, that guy,
2: I said, okay, you don't do them. So can you, can you, is there anybody else, you know, that works with these kinds of materials? And they were like, well, maybe these other guys. And then these other guys said, you know, there's this company in Pennsylvania you should talk to. And so
0: How good. <laughs> finally found them. How good. And
2: uh, it's definitely taught me that, um, I can't find everything I need the first time with Google.
0: No, (laughs) but
2: when you ask and tell, when you tell people what you're doing, when you tell them your mission and your, your ethos and, and everything about the big thing that you want to do, people want to help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They
2: want to give you the referral. They want to help you find people that can make your dreams happen. And so it, that, that whole process really taught me, I don't need to be the one relying on myself to find all the right answers. I just need to be telling everybody what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, how good. And was that then how you grew your business from like a marketing perspective? Was it word of mouth and you oh, telling yeah. people? Oh Tell us about that. Parents telling friends. What was? Did you have a marketing strategy? Um, at first, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've learned. I've
2: learned so much. Um, at this point, yeah, most of our marketing is word of mouth. Uh, we'd still do a lot of organic, you know, social media posting. Um, giveaways in exchange for email addresses and we're this year I'm going to start text marketing because as I get older my demographic stays the same age Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) the kids kids don't get any older which means that you know parents are getting perspective wise they're getting younger Younger. yeah yeah yeah,
0: Um, yeah
2: so yeah lots of word of mouth marketing um it seems like you know, you think about, oh, SEO, oh, we need to do ads, oh, we need to do this, but our best converting traffic is always referral traffic from another parent who yeah. says, oh, my gosh, you have to try these toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, do you have stockus or what is that like? I do.
2: We are in about 30, I think. Little boutique uh, children's or toy stores or children's accessory stores around the US, a couple Mm -hmm. in Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, We are expanding our market, so we will be coming to Australia sometime. I I don't know exactly when, but hopefully soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Pricing. So, yes, we do have a few stockists, mostly small boutique. uh, And that's, I, I mean, we could talk all day about the toy industry and how difficult it is to break into major retailers
0: but yeah yeah for
2: now we're mostly direct to consumer and just a few little stores
0: that's how I actually first saw your brand I saw it in a in a little store and I don't remember which store it was I travel often I was back in the U.S. I think four times yeah four times last year and once in early 2020 before the the pandemic hit, so <laughs> I th- I saw it somewhere, and so when I when we heard about you, um, we definitely I was like oh oh yeah I know that, but I don't remember where it was. Where are you? Is it spread evenly across the U.S. Your stockists or? Um,
2: I would say we've got a lot here on the East Coast. You know, of course I'm from yeah. Virginia, so I've got quite a few Virginia stores up and down uh, this part of the the country, the Mid Atlantic. Uh, we have quite a few in California, but yeah, we're we're kind of all over the place: Michigan, Utah, Texas,
0: mm. Oregon. Is there one in Laguna Beach that you're in? Yes, <laughs> yes. That's, there where is. <laughs> That's where I saw your brand. That's where I saw your brand. I'll have to reach out to her and thank yeah. her. <laughs> I was filming in Laguna Beach in January. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I saw your brand. Is not that so that's funny? Wonderful.
1: That was the time. And when year, when it?
0: brands make an impression on you as a parent, you and I remember at the time I was actually shopping for a friend of mine. I wasn't pregnant yet. I was actually shopping for a friend of mine's baby, who is about to be born. And I remember like your brand and whatever was in that store made an impression on me because as soon as I saw it again I was like oh I know this brand I I can't wait to talk to this woman yeah isn't that funny how like special products there's just so many kind of mass-produced like similar products on the market that when Mm. it is something different you remember it it just sticks in your mind
2: I just got the worm fuzzies. Thank you for that.
0: (laughs) 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 So good. Um, Anyway, okay, cool. So you're just kind of expanding your marketing. What are your plans now? Like, are you hiring? Do you have business partners? (laughs) Are you seeking investors? Like, what is your next
1: move?
2: Well, actually, right now, just this week, um, Mm -hmm. our local um, entrepreneurial ecosystem is really getting started um we're we're, like i said we're two hours west of dc it's not a rural area but it is kind of sparsely populated um Mm. and so we have our very first startup accelerator and i'm one of the eight companies that was chosen for that so i am in the middle of that right now congratulations Uh, and they are help thank you they are helping me set some goals and meet, you know, put some markers in the sand in the future to figure out uh, how quickly I can get there. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, we are, this year is the year to really start growing. I feel like mm. having our manufacturing tied down and our marketing method, um, it's there. We just need to grow it. Yeah. So this is definitely, for us, 2020 is going to be a year of growth and I will be hiring soon hopefully, a marketing manager and a financial manager, and just really start to get the word out and hopefully be in more stores like the one in Laguna Beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah so with, awesome.
1: With your product as well, like, it's obviously quite unique. And it's something that you've designed yourself with your own expertise. And it kind of sounds to me like you've done a lot of studying of child psychology and, and how they learn <laughs> things as well. How are you going to protect yourself and your company or have you already got like patents or anything like that to stop other players from copying the amazing toys that you have? Mm. Or is that something that you're kind Uh, of prepared to have to come up against at some point?
2: Yeah. I feel like, um, when I first started, I had no idea that intellectual property was even something I needed to be concerned about. So Mm -hmm. this particular product is not patented. Um, But like you said, I've done a lot of studying of child psychology. There are other wonderful ideas. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like with copycats, with a physical product like this, um, if they're going to copy, then I'll just make the next one. Yeah. And if they copy that one, we'll just make the next one. I would much rather be a forward-thinking thought leader and somebody who's designing things that are new and innovative and really good for kids. Because parent, that's what parents really love. Like, yeah. They're beautiful. They're heirloom quality. They're organic. They're made fair labor. All the, you know, checks all the happy boxes. But really... Parents want toys that their kids play with for hours on end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's,
2: that's the holy grail of toys. Yeah. Are the ones that kids just latch onto and get lost in mm-hmm. their imaginations. Yeah. And we've done it once, and I, I've i got other ideas. We can do it again. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's really one, good to hear. Yeah. The next one we will think about maybe doing some IP, um, but...
1: So that's a good Truly. attitude to have as well. I think is that like, well, I you're the brains behind it. You can you have the capacity to think of something <laughs> yeah. better, and you yeah. well, just think of the next one. Yeah. yeah,
0: and you're like, well, they can't be me, so <laughs> mm. <laughs> they're not going to come up with the
1: the ideas I have. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good attitude. That's have, a really good, sure. refreshing attitude to hear. Actually, I love, love yeah. that. Yeah.
0: I've well, been um, mm. totally different, obviously, but I've I've noticed like some of our competitors and in, at invoice to go um, have copied efforts of ours, yeah. including podcasts like this one. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And it's interesting Sincerous to me because I'm like, oh yeah, I I must be doing a good job. They're <laughs> copying our work, you yeah. know, which is it's quite interesting. But you've got to kind of let that go, and I think that's really hard. I mean, obviously protect yourself if you can, but everybody's got to kind of yeah. let that go just keep focus on being good at what you're doing which is what exactly what you're doing
2: yeah right yeah. well and at the end of the day i mean the products that we have right now are lovely but at the end of the day we're not selling products we're selling helping kids be more confident in their own ideas and their own ways to play you know i've seen so we i mentored teenagers for over a decade um that's part of how i came to being so passionate about confidence and, and thinking for yourself, we noticed, my husband and I both, we noticed over those 10 years we were mentoring teenagers that the longer we were in it, the less confident in their own thoughts students were becoming. Well, what's mm. the right answer? That was mm. always the question. Well, what's the right answer? And it's like, well, we're asking you questions about life. I'm, I'm asking you questions about your opinions. It's yeah. Like, It's your life. They're your opinions. They're, I don't know, what is the right answer? Yeah. And I started, again, looking around at toys and and where does that start? Where does that fear of getting it wrong Mm. start? And it starts really young. Yeah. Mm. And so designing toys is one way to to fuel that mission of teaching children and their parents, trust yourself. Yeah. You yeah. have amazing ideas inside your head, and the world needs that one thing that is uniquely you.
0: Mm, and yeah. maybe
2: that one thing is going to be different tomorrow than it is today, and that's okay too. And that's part of why you know there's no words on our toys. There's no like, oh, let's teach them about whatever it is we need to teach them about. No, it, it's open ended on purpose, so that you know maybe today the dinosaur is running away from the volcano. Maybe tomorrow the dinosaur is cooking up a batch of strawberry jam.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the volcano. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: so it, it just the idea that yes, the toys are great, but that's not really
0: what Mouse Loves Pig is all about. Yeah. You
1: know? That's that's an amazing business mission. So good! Oh my gosh! Well, you <laughs> yeah. are
0: so inspiring. I'm. I feel so inspired just the fact that you're alive after a home birth. Um, no, <laughs> but this is really cool. I mean, you you've created this product by really just paying attention. And took a, what some people could see as, you know, an unfortunate circumstance, which is being laid off from your job, and turned it into an opportunity to figure out what kind of life you wanted to create for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's so admirable. Mm. Just so admirable.
1: <laughs> if you Thanks. could go back to a couple of years ago and and give yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? Mm. <laughs> what would you do differently? If well, she made a noise, so... <laughs>
2: If I could go back just a couple of years ago and give myself a piece of advice, I would tell myself then to stop caring so much about what other people think. Mm. It's it's taken a while to get to this, you know, this attitude that you're hearing now about, yeah, we're just going to be the thought leader and people can copy us all they want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would definitely go back and tell myself, trust the same thing I want to tell children, like trust yourself. Yeah right trust yourself and keep moving and stop caring so much about what other people think is the right thing because at the end of the day if that's what the business is all about then that's what I have to be all about too
1: Mm -hmm. right oh that's that's such a good advice for anyone at any stage in life as well and we need to hear it over and over
0: and over again.
1: <laughs> Get it tattooed across my forehead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or somewhere. Maybe on your wrists. So you can just look down. Yeah, maybe on your forehead. There that you
1: would be go. awkward. Oh, well, Ruth, this has been such an amazing interview. And that... Not- is pregnant and probably this is I mean we had a baby shower last week but I feel like we need to have another one just so that we can <laughs> <laughs> get Shot you all the these
0: <laughs> yeah I know I was like hmm okay so if I get the Ruth Bader Ginsburg crinkle toy how long would that take to get to Australia
1: <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> but, um, if, um, if parents do want to find you or friends of parents or friends of future parents want to find you to get um, toys where can we um reach you on your social media and website
2: well website is mouselovespig.com and we are mouselovespig on facebook and instagram
0: perfect beautiful eventually
2: maybe tiktok but i'm not making any promises
0: (laughs) it all depends on the tiktok policy in the u.s (laughs) in the future i suppose but actually these would make amazing tiktoks little time lapse of play
2: well, mm. so if if you are on Instagram, you can go to Reels and we, my boys and I just did our very first one. We're starting to make little stop motion videos together nice. as a bonding experience. Oh, It's so fun, y'all. Like, uh, making I little bet. videos with my seven and my nine-year-old and letting them write the script and come up with the idea. It's so
0: fun. Oh, oh. my God. And what an amazing learning <laughs> experience for them putting those things together how good oh i love it okay well thank you so so much we won't take any more of your time but it was lovely meeting you yeah. and we've connected on every platform and please do keep in touch
2: yeah thanks so much it was lovely to talk with you guys thank, thank you. you good thank you. chat
0: soon okay bye 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 this podcast was brought to you by invoice to go we're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.